Jones and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour on the Burns and Gambo show. And the news of the day, of course, is that Sean Payton is going to Denver and he is not coming to the Arizona Cardinals. That was news that broke in the 2 o'clock hour of our show, and we've kind of been focused on that and centered around that for a big chunk of the day today. The Saints and the Broncos finalized compensation in exchange for Sean Payton to go there. And according to the report from Adam Schefter and confirmed by others, Denver is giving up their first-round pick this year, their second-round pick next year. And they're getting in exchange Sean Payton and the Saints' third-round pick next year. So, again, a first and a second for a coach and a third. And you're fine with it, right? Sure. I'm I'm actually relieved. I don't want to say happy, you know, because Sean Payton's a quality coach, but I'm relieved... For the simple fact that that like the Cardinals need players, man, they need players. They got. I want to give Monty Austin Ford an opportunity to draft some studs. How many times do we talk about the problem the Cardinals have is they don't have any great players under the age of twenty five. They got some good ones, but not some great ones. Well, I want some shots at getting some great players. So I'm not. I was never going to give up the third pick in the draft. And as a fear, I have a fear. Then next year, they're going to have a really high pick in the draft, too. If Kyler's going to miss half the damn season, you know, you know that. And here's the other thing. Like, what if the Cardinals have a top five pick next year? Kyler comes back. He plays half a season. Like, ugh, this guy's terrible. Like, I might want to be in a position to draft a quarterback next year. It sounds crazy. But, like, if I have a top five pick and Kyler's not progressing, at least I have that option. If I have the pick, I've got the option to take a quarterback if they're really bad. If I don't have the pick, I got no choices. Yeah, I hear you, and and you do. You make some good points, and look, I'm 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 disappointed, but I also I also want to I also want to be clear about what I wanted from the Cardinals when this whole thing started 22, 23 days ago when they hired when they fired Cliff Kingsbury. One of the things I wanted them to do was to go outside the organization and bring in a brand new voice, brand new leadership, a GM who hadn't worked here before, who wasn't being promoted from within, a coach from the outside who hadn't worked here from before and wasn't being promoted from within. That was the immediate goal for me, and we are still very much on track for that goal. Monty Austin Ford is here. He has no ties to the Cardinals before this year. A new, As long as it's not Vance Joseph, a new coach is going to come in. That, would, to me, was the most basic requirement that needed to be satisfied in this. And I get it. You put Sean Payton out in front of people, and now you're going to start changing your expectations a little bit. You're going to start thinking about bigger and better and something else. I'm still going to keep going back to my home base of what I wanted out of this search, and the Cardinals are giving me what I wanted out of this search, but I am disappointed because I I really do think a guy like Sean Payton just changes the entire dynamic and changes the equation. It would have been the most un-Cardinals thing like ever for them to go out and get Sean Payton, and it would have been fascinating to see them turn the whole operation over to a proven winner and say, okay, go win. Here you go. And we're going to get out of your way. We're going to leave you alone. Do your thing, and and and, and just it would have been so uncardinal like, and I just so badly wanted to see them do something that bold, that dramatic, that different. And I'm disappointed that it's not going to happen. Yeah. because I think he could have really made a difference. And listen, I would have been disappointed either if they got Sean Payton. They would have got a good.
good coach. You got the best coaches available. I get that. I so like like I said, I'm more relieved than anything because I didn't want to give up those draft picks. I'm kind of happy that the decision was made for them. Right, the Denver hired him. Like, okay, you weren't able to get him, so it's more relief than anything else. It's not a how I'm. I'm happy to. No, if you would have got Sean Payton, I understand that. You know, that's the best coach that you could have gotten. My hang up and it was from day one. It was always from day one. Man, I don't want to give up what New Orleans is looking to get. I just don't want to give that up, yeah. especially with where the Cardinals are picking. Now, if the Cardinals had the 20, 20-something pick, what's the Chubb pick going to be? What is that? That's So it's, okay, I'm glad you, because we got a correction from our friend Howard Balzer, who texted us both. It's going to be the 29th pick in the draft. Okay, I would have gave that up in a heartbeat. I would have gave that up. 29th pick in the draft. If the Cardinals had the 20, how close is the 29th pick to the Cardinals' second round pick? It's like five picks away. It's like, like five picks away. It's, it's basically the same pick. It's, it's close. It's close enough. It's where you really say, okay, close. I'll give you a it's second really and close. I'll give you a fourth. And can we just call it a night? Like, I would have been, I would have been okay with that. But I certainly was not going to give up the first round pick this year or the first round pick next year. Well, that's the thing is, I, I don't know if you would have had to, though. All right, let's let us let us look at what the Denver Broncos are giving up. They're giving up a late, late, late first rounder. And to your point, technically it's the 30, 30th pick in the drafts. The Cardinals have the 35th pick in the draft. They're not that far off. Could you have given them the, your second round pick, which is really similar to the Broncos' first round pick, and then like a future third? Or a future second, not touch next year's first, right? I mean, I bet if you look at the trade chart, and I've seen Kyle Odegaard and others on Twitter have kind of looked at the trade chart and what the Broncos really gave up, I don't know if you would have had to give up next year's first. This year's second for the Cardinals is so close to a first-rounder that if you're going to go step-for-step, point-for-point on the value charts, I, I, I don't know that you would have had to give up next year's first because this year's second is... Yeah. Pretty much like a first. And, and listen, we don't know. And I don't know if we will ever know what New Orleans would have wanted from the Cardinals. But I could have absolutely come to a conclusion if you would have said it's your second this year and a, a, a later pick somewhere else. This, okay, I could I would have been okay with that. I would have been fine with that. So like, okay, I could have lived this with year, that. This year's second and next year's third. Would you have lived with that? Sure. Okay. Sure. I bet. I mean, I, I, but I think I've been very consistent. I just didn't want to touch either this year's first oh, or yeah. next year's first. No, you have. You, you've, been, you've been very, very consistent. And, and I'm just saying that I bet on those old trade charts. I bet this year's second and next year's third. This year's second and next year's second is really, really close value-wise to what the Broncos gave up. And look, this is we're, we're looking at this from the idea of, man, the, the, the Cardinals, should they have done more? Should they have gotten in on this? Why did they? I can't believe they didn't get Sean Payton. I mean, there's another alternative reality to this, or at least another alternate thought to this. Maybe Sean Payton just really didn't want to come here that much. You know, maybe maybe this is just as much him choosing the Broncos as it is the Cardinals not getting Sean Payton. Right? Like, like you thought all along the Broncos' job was more desirable than all the rest. I did. Maybe, you know, it, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, man, the Cardinals screwed this up. 
maybe Sean Payton didn't want to be here that much. Maybe he was, I hate to say this, was he using the Cardinals as leverage to get a deal with a team that he really wanted to go to, to get the job that he really wanted? Again, I don't know. But the inclination in a moment like this is to go, oh, man, I can't believe the Cardinals. How could they let this happen? Well, maybe Sean Payton did this because this was what Sean Payton wanted to happen all along. Maybe he wanted Denver all along and everything. And I don't know this for a fact. I'm just kind of bringing this up as a as another way of looking at it. This, this might have been just as much what Sean Payton wanted versus what the Cardinals couldn't make happen. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think, listen, I, you're wise if you are Sean Payton to go do the interviews with everybody and, you know, and, and, and have that in your back pocket. Um, and whether it affected Denver or not, I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot to get into with Sean Payton. You meet with him, you talk to him, you, you do go through the interview process. You can't not interview him. You ask him questions. What's your staff going to look like? Who would you bring in? And what would you do with Kyler? You want to hear all of those things. But for a guy that's won a Super Bowl, won nine playoff games, has the track record he has, it just really comes down to, are you willing to pay him what he wants and give up the compensation? Because if you are, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to sit there and say, you know what? I really think that Frank Reich is a better coach than Sean Payton. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, come, let's let's just call it like it is. Like nothing against Frank Reich, but how can you really sit there and say, oh, I think Frank Reich is better for my organization than Sean Payton? Like I've said, I, I think when we when we branch this out in three years, what do we got? Five coaches that are being hired this year. Yes, yes. Right. Somebody will fire a coach after the first year or two. Okay, maybe two teams will fire a coach after the first two years. The one guy that's going to be standing for sure after the third year, in my opinion, Sean Payton. Like, you don't have to worry about firing Sean Payton in three years. But I think you might have to worry about everybody else that's going to get hired. I don't think you would go to the bank and bet a mortgage payment that those guys are still going to be here in three years. Text your thoughts about Sean Payton going to Denver. The FanDuel text line is open, as always, for you at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we turn our attention to the Phoenix Suns. They beat the Raptors last night. Could they be swapping some players before the trade deadline in about nine days? We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When you saw the site last night, it was hard for your imagination not to run at least a little bit wild if you're a Suns fan. Last night, the Suns played the Toronto Raptors, beat them at home. And at some point before the game, the official Arizona Sports Twitter account tweeted out a short seven or eight second video of James Jones and Masai Ujiri, the president of basketball operations for Toronto, and they were walking off the floor together. It was before the game, like an hour. And you see them kind of walking together as they're walking out of the arena. And, you know, I'll cop to it. I I had that kind of emotional, visceral reaction of like, hey, where are you guys going? Can I be a fly on the wall, please? What are you two going to talk about? What conversations are you guys going to have? Because, look, everybody everybody knows the Toronto Raptors are the team to watch when it comes to a team that very well could be a seller nine days from now. And everybody knows that the Phoenix Suns are a team to watch when it comes to one that could be a buyer nine days from now. This, this is not a secret. This is well-discussed, open conversation type stuff. So to see the two of them walking off the floor together, Gamble, I mean, they could have just been... They, they, they could have split, you know, 
20 yards after they got out of our sight, one going left, one going right. But the fact that they walked off together, imagination, it's easy. It just ran wild. Of course. I mean, yeah. Listen, when you look at this trade deadline coming up on the, uh, the, the Feb- what, February 9th, right? February 9th yes. is the trade deadline. Week from Thursday. And, Week from and, Thursday. And we've gone through so many different players have been tied to the Phoenix Suns. Now, most of them have had to do with Jay Crowder. So what's interesting about the whole Raptor thing is, you know, that that's if you do something with the Raptors, it's at a different level than just trading Jay Crowder for a role player, right? I mean, it's a, it's a different level. If you're talking about OG Ananobi, you you know, when they brought up Fred Van Vliet, you're talking about a different, that this isn't just a Jay Crowder trade. This is a blockbuster trade that's going to include draft picks and other compensation to try to get a really good player here. So it's totally different than 90% of the rumors we've dealt with, and I've had to shoot down a lot of them on, you know, what are the Suns trying to get for Jay Crowder? What team's going to get Drake out? Jake, like that has actually got to the point where me and you have like frustrated, like I can't wait for this to end. So a Toronto trade, well, Jay Crowder could be a part of it. It's much, much bigger than that, which brings a lot more excitement to talking about it. Well, and I feel like, I hope we've done a decent job these last couple of weeks of distinguishing between the two, because they are two totally dramatic things. The Jay Crowder trade at this point feels like just a trade. I mean, just a a, a thing on the to-do list, right? Like, okay, it's been on your it's been on your list for four months. Let's get it done and get it over with and move on. Let's rip off the Band-Aid. Something beyond that is what we're talking about when we talk about a franchise-altering trade, whether it's loading up for this year, whether it's loading up for next year, whether it's a little bit of both, whether it's the new influence of Matt Ishbia coming in as the owner and, and dramatically changing the stakes and the payroll. I mean, they, they are. They're totally different. A, a Jake Crowder trade is really just a Jake Crowder trade, whereas everything else is what we talk about when we talk about really changing the trajectory of the organization. And you're right, maybe Jay is involved in that, but I wouldn't surprise me at all if Jay is dealt in a separate deal, much smaller, doesn't bring back a whole lot in return, and then something else happens on the deadline that's big, huge, uh, franchise-altering expectations, things like that. Toronto is the easy team to look at when it comes to that, and, and OG Ananobi would appear to be the guy. If anyone is available, it would appear as if he is going to be the one who could be had. I think that that's the guy. I think that they're going to make a trade. I think it would be OG Ananobi or Gary Trent Jr. I don't expect them to move Siakam or Van Vliet. They're not going to move Barnes or Chew or any of those guys. I would think the guy that they... Now, OG Ananobi is a good player. He's a very good player. He's 25 years old, comes up with a lot of steals, could guard one through five. There's a lot to like about him. But also, he's very injury prone. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's never on the... He doesn't really play a full season. He's had a couple of big bone injuries and his wrist and his ankle and he had uh, coming out of college he had an ACL injury he just hasn't played a whole lot but when he plays he's he's a very talented kid he's very good he's a very good all-around player and you know I said earlier that he's not great at any one thing and some people said what about defensively okay he is very
very good defensively. Like he is very good defensively, but like he's not a great shooter and he's not a great free throw shooter and he's not a great three point shooter and he's not a great rebounder and he's not a great playmaker. He's good. Like he's good at a lot of those things, but he is a wing guy at six eight with great wingspan and he's got good. He's strong. And he's got that wit. So there is a lot to like about him. I can see why a team would be interested in in trading for him. Yeah, so yesterday we were talking about potential OGN and OB scenarios, and you brought up something, and I think you've been actually saying it for the last couple of weeks, if memory serves, about what it might actually take to get him. And, and you mentioned the name Cam Johnson. Uh, I, I brought up a trade proposal on the ringer that didn't include Cam Johnson, but included like three first-round picks. Um, this is Sham Sharania, and he was on, I think it was a fan duel-related sports broadcast, and he said, absolutely, the Raptors are listening, and absolutely, the Suns are contemplating getting involved. And that's when Shams dropped the Cam Johnson stuff, too. The Raptors are taking calls on OG Ananobi. You look at the Knicks, they're willing to give up multiple first-round picks for OG Ananobi. But another team in the last week or so that's emerged is the Phoenix Suns. I think they're a team that ha- they have the assets. Eight first-round draft picks at their disposal between now and 2030. They've got the picks. Uh, they've got players. They've got guys like Cam Johnson. You have expiring contracts like Dario Sarge, Jay Crowder. Can you put together a package for Ojean and Nubi? Uh, could you go get something for a Jay Crowder that can kind of replenish your bench? I think those are really the two pathways right now. So to have you talk about it for the last couple weeks than yeah. to have Shams bring it up. I appreciate it Shams, does. you know, listening and, and, and uh, you know, getting the insight that we've been spilling out there for a while, um, yeah. you know, reporting that today. So that was that was good. He didn't mention us, but I'm sure it's where he got it from because it is. That's, you know, it, I've said this on t- several times. If you if OG Ananobi's available and you do a trade with the Suns, I think you would probably include draft picks and then expiring contracts and then a player like Cam Johnson. I think it speaks to a bigger question and a bigger conversation. Who who do you value more if you're required to make a choice if you're the Suns? Cam Johnson or OG Ananobi? Right? Because that's, I mean, if we really melt this down to its core, like let's really talk about this. What are we talking about here? It, it, it seems like we're talking about Cam Johnson or OG Ananobi. Now, me being an idealist, I'd love to think it's an and situation for at least a couple of months to go see what you could do. I, I understand the financial situation. I understand Cam wants to get paid this offseason. OG Ananobi is going to want to get paid next offseason. That is very difficult to afford to keep all of them, especially with you know book supermax and everything like that. I I. I I don't know exactly how I would choose if I had to choose Cam Johnson or OG Ananobi because they're just stylistically such different players that it's you got to right, kind of make right. a comment on what do you value more in terms of what they do. Well, I mean, Cam's a much better shooter and it's not close. OG's a much better defensive player and it's not close. Both guys have had injury histories. Both guys have had a hard time staying on the court. So, you know, what do you value? Cam is a little bit older, not a lot, but a little bit. Cam's going to be 27. OG's 25. Um, but, you know, what do you value more? What do you need for your team? You know, a versatile wing player who could defend one through five or a guy who's a lights out shooter that can shoot 45% from three point range in a season. What do you value more? What do you need more? They're both really good. I, I have a hard time answering that question because again, I think they're very different players. Uh, both very talented. O- OG 
is you know, when you look for you know great wing players that that can guard multiple positions, that's what he excels at. He excels at that, yes. but but he's not a he's, he's he's not a great Cam's a great shooter. OG's not a great shooter. So I would probably say you lean towards OG Ananobi over Cam Johnson. Yeah, it's it, we. It's just you tend to go with what you know, right? And we like Cam. Cam Johnson, he's, he's a popular player with the fan base. He's well-liked. He He's responsible for some really cool stuff over the last couple of years. But the idea of OG Ananobi and Mikkel Bridges as a 1-2 defensive lockdown punch on the on the perimeter, jeez, the, the Suns could defensively do some real, real damage with that in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, they... What would you... Who would you rather have? Um, I would... I would slightly... I mean, the slightest of margins, I would lean towards Ananobi by the slightest of margins, just because I think that time of year, I would value the defense versus the offense. And when I say that time of year, I mean the playoffs. I, I would value that just a little bit more. I, you know, I don't know if it's going to come down to this. I would give the slightest of nods to OG Ananobi. The slightest. Yeah. We'll see. We'll yep. see. And again, I think when you start to look at the you start to look at all those salaries, people say, is there a way you can get it done with a deal done without trading Cam? Can you can you really pay Devin, Chris, DA, Mikhail, Cam, OG? Like I, like it comes a point where you just can't pay all those players. It does. It does. And we'll talk more about that over the course of the next couple of days as well because it just makes it very difficult. When we come back, we have a ridiculous four-team trade proposal that we are going to laugh at for a couple of minutes, but then actually have a serious conversation off of it because it centers around one Chris Paul. That's next on the Burns and Yebo Show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think it's been a pretty serious-minded day here. I think we all need to kick back, rest, relax, and have a good laugh. So here we go. Okay. Don't you think it's been a real... It's been, it's been a real edgy day today, right? With the Peyton news, and and I just, I just feel like everyone needs to kick back and, and just it just get a good laugh. You, okay, you, you ready for this All four right. team? All right, here we go. Oh. This is from BleacherReport.com. Mm. A four team trade where the Lakers, Suns, Wolves, and Hornets all win. Go, oh, right, I'm in. Let's see. This, this sounds great. I love it where everybody wins, right? It's it's good for all. With February arriving shortly, the NBA is reaching the final stretch before the trade deadline, blah, 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 blah. What about a four-team trade where everybody wins? Okay? And this would be Chris Paul to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook to the Hornets, Terry Rozier to the Timberwolves, and D'Angelo Russell to the Suns. Oh, what a winner. Oh, my oh, goodness. What, a, what an absolute. You're talking about having your cake and eating it, too. My goodness. Oh my I mean, you God. know what? I just, I'm just i going to put oh. my feet up on my desk right now. I'm going to light up a Joe Burrow victory cigar. And let's oh, just, my. yeah. Who are the four teams in this? Who are the four teams in this winner take all? Tra- who is the four teams? So it Suns? would be the Lakers acquiring Lakers? Chris Paul. Okay, Suns, Lakers. He, the the Suns, Lakers, yeah. Hornets, and Hornets Timberwolves. And Timberwolves. Those are the four teams. 
Yeah. All right. Well, you can't have you can't have all four of them in the conference championships, but I would imagine that automatically vaults the Hornets to the top of the East ahead of Boston and Milwaukee, and then I would think that you know that that Minnesota, it's because it's such a winning trade for Minnesota that they probably overtake Memphis and uh, and Denver and and might finish atop the West. Let me come on. This is absolutely. Y'all are trying to get clickbait. As, yeah, we are trying to get clickbait. Let me click tell you something. Damn right there's, no such th- there's no such thing as a everybody wins trade, okay? Not everybody wins. Four teams involved, not everybody wins. Every once in a while, there's a trade that's made. It works out for both teams. But most of the time, there's a winner and there's a loser. And if there's a four-team yes. trade, there certainly are losers in a four-team trade. Yeah. I, I just can't. Okay, look. I get it. Chris Paul's getting old. Okay, and we we are going to morph this into a serious conversation about Chris. He continues to play well. This you know this kind of looming sort of what are you going to do with Chris and his contract and all of that. But if you think for a second, he for a split second that the Suns win by trading Chris Paul to the L.A. Lakers and they get D'Angelo Russell in exchange as part of a four-team deal, if that is your definition of winning, I want to see what losing looks like <laughs> in your world. I want to know what color the sky is in your world if you think that's a win. For, oh, yeah, that's a total upgrade, uh, right? Chris Paul's only one of the best point guards in the history of the NBA, and he's actually been playing very well since coming back from injury. Let's trade him for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, okay, yeah, winners. What's the phrase? Loving you is wrong. I don't want to be right. Something like that. <laughs> something. My God, I'll so. tell you. I'll tell you something. If there's one thing in my life I've never been able to separate my separate myself from, it's this D'Angelo Russell. Man, this guy seems to follow me for years. It's like he's like he just haunts me. D'Angelo Russell just can't go it away. Follows you around like a bad fungal. Infestation. Like, I mean, yeah, it really worse. does. I, I mean, you just to you, you. No matter what kind of cream, no matter what kind of pill, no matter what kind of balm you put on it, man, you just cannot get rid of this fungus. You can't. It's just stuck with you, Gambo, forever. I, you are tied to D'Angelo Russell for the rest of your professional life. Celebrate the day that he's he's retired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, this, this, and here, here you thought that three years ago, when it was obvious he wasn't getting traded here, you thought you were done with D'Angelo Russell. You're never done with no. D'Angelo Russell, this, Gambo. Never. This was Zach Lowe, right? No, this was Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. Okay. It was Bleacher Report. Okay, because this yeah. is a story four hours ago that says there are no reports saying it happened. The only reason we're writing about D'Angelo Russell for, Russell for Chris Paul trade is because ESPN Zach Lowe had some fun with the fake trade idea in his latest podcast. So maybe that oh. was, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that no, was in I'm, his I'm, podcast, too. Maybe. I'm working off of a story that you sent to me today right. in the email, and it came from Bleacher Report, and Zach Lowe writes for ESPN, so that, right. that's not where it came from at all. Yeah, that was how, but many, I, hours I don't know. I, I, how many hours ago did I send you that email? Uh, you sent like me this six? email at 11.23 yeah, a.m. today. That's a long time ago. For you, to, you won't expect me to remember what I sent to you before <laughs> noon. Come on, man. Sorry, I, I, I hold you to a high me. standard here on the Burns and Gambo show. You're asking Clearly. a lot. Anybody out there remember an email they sent before noon today? Eric, oh, do you remember you... anything you sent to anybody before noon? 
I barely remember the last update, man. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, I think when you base a four-hour radio show, one as popular as this one around that yeah. email, it tends to carry a little more significance right. than what you're giving. So I don't, I don't have sound here, but I have, I have a quote. This is uh, Zach Lowe. Chris Paul's just better than D'Angelo Russell. If I'm making that trade as a Phoenix, I'm doing it solely because I'm giving up on this season and I want to re-sign D'Lo and pair him with his friend Devin Booker. What 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 is what is wrong with the universe right now? I don't know. Apparently, this genu- friendship yeah. between Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell is—I mean, it's like Woody and Buzz-like, right? Like these are—it uh, is so strong that we will just spill copious amounts of ink and and write copious amounts of words trying to get these two back yeah. together again because apparently one of them's Woody and one of them's Buzz. Okay, here's I a question. I have no idea. Here's a question. January. Great month for sports or or awful month for sports? You asking me? Yeah. January. The month of January. Um I the only redeeming quality about January is the NFL playoffs. That's right, it. Right. The, and the, the rest worst, of it's yuck. The, the worst part is these ridiculous trade rumors. Like January might actually be one of the worst months for sports uh, in the entire calendar year. January. I mean, it's, the, it's the total dog days the of the Angelo NBA. Russell right? for Chris Paul. There it is. January. That's yeah. what you get in January. That's what, yeah. Yes, you get you get playoff football. You get an AFC championship. You get an NFC. You get that. That's great. But in, but it's almost like you gotta. You, you also get kicked in the ass because now you gotta get you gotta deal with this. But this is the stuff that you gotta deal with. <laughs> Chris Paul for D'Angelo Russell. Let's do it. Zach Lowe says so. Bleacher Report says so. I can't. That's why I can't determine whether January is actually a good year for sports or not. A All good right, month. A, a good month. Let's attempt to have a serious conversation off of this. That was and not serious. Because, no, 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 no. Not, not because, not because, I know you're being serious, but not uh, a, a serious conversation about Chris Paul. Okay? He had another really good game last night. He continues to have really good games. He doesn't look like the Chris Paul that we saw the first half of the season, the first two-thirds of the season. How many more? I mean, I'm not even sure how I want to ask this question, but but we all know Chris Paul is the key player for the Suns' fortunes this season. We all know Chris Paul is going to be one of the most talked about players in the offseason if the Suns decide that it might be time to move on or with the non-guaranteed contract that he's got. How much has his play recently erased those worries about him, made us feel better about Chris moving forward? I, I, it, but we've had this comparison with other players in the past. It, it really just, to me, it really comes down to, does he hold up in the playoffs? Does he play well? Does he hold up? Can he be a top two player with Devin Booker throughout the playoffs and help the Suns win? I At this point, it's it's championship or bust for me. And I've said this to you before. It's not, I'm not like, oh, the Suns, they just got to get out of the first round because it's been such a crazy year. No, and they got to win a championship, right? They were in the NBA Finals two years ago. Last year, they had the best record in the NBA. They're going to get everybody back healthy at some point, and they got to go for it. I mean, the West is not that great. I mean, Denver and Memphis are your two top teams. New Orleans has lost like eight games in a row. So I think that 
um, to me with Chris, I don't know that the regular season matters much, man. I really don't. I, I do think it's does he does he does he excel in the playoffs? Does he help the Suns advance far, or or does he fade? Does he struggle? Do the back to backs eat him up? Because if that's the case, there's no use having a guy if he's if he's going to the age is going to be a factor and the legs are going to get heavy on him and he's going to wear down in the playoffs. Now I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm saying if that happens then there's no use having him. But that's what it comes down to. Keeping Chris Paul, the decisions with Chris, has everything to do with his ability to hold up and play well in the playoffs. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I continue to wonder if part of the plan with Chris was to, to I mean, be very, very, very liberal in terms of how many days you gave him off, how many games you gave him off, how many weeks you gave him off, all with the idea of him playing as short a regular season as you possibly could, knowing that the only thing that mattered was the postseason. Knowing that you needed to... We talked last year, man, he got five weeks off in the middle of the season, and we thought that was going to be it for Chris. He was going to be great, well-rested, not run out of gas. He ran out of gas in the postseason. And it's almost like they took that plan, and they even amplified it this year. Like, let's... Hey, he's got a heel injury. Let's sit him for three weeks. Oh, he's got a foot injury. Let's sit him for four weeks, right? Like, let's just give him as much time as we possibly can to give ourselves the best chance of getting the very best version of Chris Paul come playoff time. Uh, We're still a ways away from the playoffs, so we've got a long way to go. They have to be careful with his minutes, but I am loving what I'm seeing so far out of Chris Paul. He looks like Chris. He looks like the Chris Paul we need him to be if the Suns are going to make a run. Yeah, and I should have given you an answer like that, and you're right. He looks very, very good. Now, this is playing a different team every Every night, you know, you're not playing the same team. I that's why I need to see what happens when he plays the same team over six or seven games, where they can make adjustments and they have time to game plan and try to stop him. But right now, since he's come back, he's been he's been better than good. He's he plays at this level. It's hard to say that there's many point guards in this league that you would rather have over him. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Text Super. Text the words. It's super, absolutely. Super. Text super to six twenty six twenty to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame. You could be headed to Super Bowl fifty seven. Plus, you'll also win tickets to the following events as well: the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, text the word. What was that, Gambo? Text, super. I've had so many people at my gym. Like I'm texting super all day long. Text I've the got word. Carlos and Kylie and everybody at my gym texting super all day long. They want to win. Text SUPER to 620-620. Don't let Carlos and Kylie take your tickets. It's Arizona Sports All Access. is presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, time to reassess, time to reorganize. Who do we think is going to be the next coach of the Arizona Cardinals now that we know who it's not going to be? That's next, Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, locally, it's a quiet night. None of the local teams are in action this evening. Suns are back at tomorrow. ASU, U of A, not until Thursday. Uh, Of course, it's the NHL All-Star break week, so no Coyotes either. There is is some NBA action in which you've got, let's see, the Lakers and the Knicks tonight. You've got the Pelicans taking on the Nuggets tonight as well. I think they've lost like eight in a row. 
The Pelicans? Yeah, they're up there. They're getting guys back. They, yeah, they're, they've lost a lot of games in a row. They, I, I don't know the exact number. I looked at the standings today, and I was shocked where they were. They're 500. Think, yeah, they're eighth. They're eighth in the Western Conference. Okay, so the they've lost Cleveland, Miami, Orlando, Miami, Denver, Minnesota, Washington, Milwaukee. They've lost eight games in a row. Wow. wow. Surprising. Surprising that that team has fallen apart like that. Really, really surprising. Yeah, the Coyotes, they aren't back at it until Monday, February 6th. Boy, that is a long break for them. Their last game was against Anaheim on Saturday. They lost 2-1 in overtime. They don't play again until they host Minnesota on Monday, February 6th. So, yeah, that's a crazy losing streak for the Pelicans, who a lot of people think are you know one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They've fallen all the way down. They, so. they were 23-12 and 12 at one point 23 and 12 now they're 26 and 25 so 23 to 26 they've won three games and lost 13 they're three and 13 in the last 16 games wow nuts all right so uh, our last segment of the day and i'm sure we'll get more on this tomorrow uh sean payton is going to denver that became official today trade compensation draft pick compensation was agreed to he's going to coach the denver broncos now D'Amico ryans is going to the texans that was made official today gambo first name that pops into your mind who do you think the next head coach of the arizona cardinals is going to be Um, I got two two that popped into my mind. I'm, I'll go Lou Anarumo. Okay, I'll go Sweet you, Lou. Give me, who? Give me the second one. Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. Okay, okay. I'm still on the Brian Flores train, even though he didn't get it yet. Yeah, I, I'm still. If if I, if you say to me one name pops into your mind, which one is it? I'm I'm still Brian Flores. Brian, I, 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 I go I go Lou Anarumo. The fact that they're interviewing new guys kind of tells me that they didn't love any of the other guys. Yeah, I I, I think that is very potentially true. I, I also think that you you interview a bunch of guys, you wait to see if you're going to get Sean Payton. While you're waiting to get Sean Payton, you schedule interviews with other guys just so you can do your due diligence and be sure. I, I, I Brian Flores, you were never under any threat of losing him to any other job or any other team as a head coach, so you could afford to kind of slow play that one if you wanted to. Um, at the end, now look, these are just hunches. Uh, you, you don't have any inside information on this. I'm don't. Goodness knows, I don't. We're just guessing. At this point, my best guess is still Brian Flores as the guy who's going to get the game. And I, and listen, you're, you're, I'd be okay with that. He's a quality coach. Had I'd a winning record. Okay Fired after that. winning record. Yep. I'm all for Brian Flores would be good. It'd be a good coach. I have no problem with that at all. That'd be a solid hire. Yeah, Lou Anarumo is. He comes in the interview tomorrow. Reportedly, he's already in tonight. And, boy, his name, he has been talked about so much the last couple of weeks, but not as a future head coach, just for the unbelievable job he's done with the Bengals. I'll be really curious if he comes in tomorrow and just blows the Cardinals away. And if he does, you might be right. He might be the next head coach of the Cards. Yeah, yeah. The fact that, that they're interviewing him, defensive guy, had a lot of success the last two years. I mean, you can be hiring an inexperienced, you know, a guy who's never been a head coach before, but they've done that before and had, you know, other teams have had success with it. It's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up 2 o'clock. You're the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone.
you're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh. 